Congratulations! You found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerds Jessica Butcher and Josh Lupton. Together, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. It was a shitstorm of a week. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of week that makes you want a day drink. <laughs> yep. Funny, you've been talking about day drinking all day. She must have really I'm done. <laughs> Nicole's already been day drinking. I started at three thirty. So you uh, did you bring anything with you? Hooked me up, man. Sadly, bartenders frown on that in Oklahoma. <laughs> Shoot. You didn't have time to go by the liquor store. I'm going after this. But I didn't have to stop and get Tyler chocolate covered peanuts. I do spoil him. <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> The first year I worked Thunder, nobody brought me chocolate-covered peanuts or cookies or cupcakes. What do you you want, honey? (laughs) Honey, I just happened to be up there. Anyway, could I bring you something? Can I massage your back? Uh, I don't do that. Don't do that. Can I wash your socks? That would be, like, weird, and he would get... Hazed? He would get so much shit <laughs> for get that. Hazed at work for that. Wow. At least he didn't. At least he didn't buy him a boob job. Yeah. Oh what? <laughs> also, at least he didn't buy him a boob job. That is re- Jessica. Weird. Seriously, this girl. Her parents bought her a boob job for graduation. Yeah. That's insane. It's weird. That's just wrong on so many levels. I mean, well, I feel like you're not. Like, I get having, like, body image issues young, but I feel like you're not totally done going in. No. Does she have particularly tiny boobies? I don't think so. I don't know. I didn't know her before. Well, not a car for you. Boobies instead. What, is she going to be a hooker when she grows up? I think she's a business major. I don't know. Oh, that explains that you need big boobs in business. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a class about body modifications and I got to watch a video of a girl getting a designer vagina, so I feel like there are weirder things you can do. Designer vagina. That uh, sounds like a band. It sounds like a punk rock band. I've seen special. I've seen documentaries about that. Yeah, Harper Collins just sent me a book that is based off of the Me Too movement, and it's actually about a journalist who is like stalked, I think, but I haven't read it yet. Huh. Well, then I'll tell you what it's called. The Me Too movement. It's called How Far She's Come. Hmm. I'm kind of interested in reading it. I haven't started it yet, obviously. Mm. I just went and re- uh, read some reviews about it because uh. I didn't ask for this book. It just, like, showed up. So It showed up. Wouldn't it be nice to just have books show up? Except you guys only do audiobooks. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> I just Not don't have... I have issues. I can't. I'm to the age now where I'm just too set in my ways. I like my audiobooks. I seriously sit down to read a book and I fall asleep. My problem like is I can't see. In. You guys anymore. need to read. Let me, I'll research how to get you guys audiobooks. See if I can. I, don't, I know I can do Kindle. Audiobooks. Um, if somebody first could edition. give us audiobooks, that would be the best way to do it. If somebody would do that. We'd review the hell out of that. I do both. Back to cosmetic surgery, though. I have watched documentaries and read articles that some people, I mean, it's important to them. And I think... To have a pretty coochie? Well, here's my thing. Some I feel people like no matter what you do to them, they're not pretty. Yeah, that's, that's Penises what I'm at. are ugly. Vaginas are ugly. They are functional. 
Unless you're going to like use it to like make a living on print, I, I just can't see how that you would watch be. that documentary about the. You're right about the bonnies and yes. these. Some of the a lot of these those people who went in to see yep. those. It's a British show, show that's on Netflix. Is it called The Perfect Vagina? <laughs> no, it's, it's called. Because I had to watch that one. It's called. It's something where they have this like clinic set. It's actually a pretty fascinating show because in Britain, you know, they don't. I love those people. They are not so hung up on all their issues. They're like, oh, come on in. Let's have a look at that vagina and see how you know. Why are you why are you ashamed of that? Yeah, and, uh, and they actually show it. Yeah, yeah. And then whatever they correct, they show, and a lot of it is cosmetic. Yeah, it's I mean, this one lady, she just had her lips hanging down a little bit too much, and it was really getting on her nerves because she felt right. really self-conscious yeah, about her doctor, hangy lips. The doctor said that, you know, it's perfectly normal. It's in the normal range. It's not any yeah. anything different than but what other people have. But yet she was really bothered by it, even though yeah. the doctor told her that. She still felt like she couldn't... And you know what? If it helps her with her relationship, for her to be intimate with her partner... Then, then that's who are, we, we, to are judge. we to judge? That's what we watched in class. Uh, so there's a documentary called like The Perfect Vagina. And it's this lady who started doing it because she's like, I don't understand why girls do this to themselves because she just had two young daughters. And she's like, I don't want my daughters to be self-conscious about that. And she goes and meets this girl who's going to go have a labiaplasty. And so um, it shows hers. I mean, it, it didn't look that weird. I mean, I feel like I mean, vaginas do you weird. automatically go for a mirror at that point? Excuse me, do you have a hand mirror? Pause. I just need to have yeah. a look. <laughs> this this class is giving me a complex because like, it talks about everything. Can I go to the bathroom real quick? <laughs> so it shows it. It shows you like laying on the table. They're about to cut out her, and I'm like, oh, it'll pan away. Then didn't pan away. There's a lot of blood. The guy next to me in my class, I'm pretty sure he was green. Like <laughs> we're all just like, holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I'm just really confused because I don't even. Uh, Want to show my vajayjay to my doctor <laughs> doing my? She can't even you say the word vagina. Well, I'm just trying to come up with another word for it. On TV when they're having yeah. Their so how do you do that? Like yeah. surgery on their. Well, I'm like, and, and a, who am I going to really let look at my hangy lips if I had some? <laughs> like seriously, I like how this. yeah. But he doesn't give a shit if he's looking at that. He's not going to care. Your writing's hanging down. The only thing he's paying attention to right at that moment would. Not be yes. the shape of your lips. See, believe and me. And so I'm really is, confused. If he is having an issue things, with that, then he's uh, in uh, he's in the wrong room. <laughs> right? He needs to look at something else. He's like, down. ew, I don't, I'm not touching that. Yeah. <laughs> what is that anyway? What, what is that? Well, it was is like supposed to look they like interviewed that? a bunch of guys and they were like, honestly, we don't really care what they look like. And then a couple of guys were like, well, we don't want to do one with like big ham hocks dangling down there. And ham hocks. He was like, and then everybody was just like. That's weird. She's like, stop looking at porno magazines and go actually well, sleep see, with real women. And <laughs> here's the issue, though. And I think that is a very, very good point that you brought up just then. There are so many young people who look at porn. Pornhub, you know, it's a thing. It, we're a very visual society and people are, you know, very active on the Internet. Well, and they think, did the study for which I heard on John Tesh, I think, or some other radio station uh, that... Uh, you know how people give stuff up for Lint? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That this year, uh, the day that started, they saw a dramatic decrease in the amount of people accessing Pornhub. <laughs> like, they could literally measure it. You're giving up like, porn. massive. It giving was up porn for Lint, huh? Well, you mean Jesus. the connection will be faster. You know what's really prominent <laughs> no. in millennials no. right now, too, I learned from this class is Botox. 
Mm-hmm. Botoxing your just Botox nether regions or no, no, just your face. It's like preventative for wrinkles. It's also supposed to help uh, like migraines. There's and then they say yeah. I would. I'm getting to the point now where my migraines. I'm almost thinking about doing that. I think they're Give testing it for intestinal issues or something yeah. like that. Well, they it do it for too. like bladder. Like when you have an overactive bladder mm-hmm. to a point that it gets ridiculous, sometimes they will inject Botox there too. But it's, like its main function is just don't, But I don't think don't, don't overdo it. I don't think I'd want Botox in my hoo hoo though. No, not your hoo hoo in your face. Millennials are getting hoo hoos in their face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You get wrinkles in your <laughs> It's pretty wrinkly. Oh, oh my God. You're the little face. brother over there. I almost forgot he was sitting over there. <laughs> I, just, I just turn around and I just see this redhead bobbing up and down. He's learned ways. He's laughing. <laughs> Jessica brought her little brother to the podcast. And she's tonight. talking he's about little, vaginas. He's, like, he's what, 15? He'll be 18. 18. Oh, he's yeah. fine. If he doesn't know about that by now, well then, by oh, God, he needs an education. Okay, let's not go there. Let's file that back in. I don't even know that. That. We're just talking about learning. Does your dad know that you brought him here? Yeah, I don't know. No, oh, mom yeah. does though. He's probably gonna send me hate mail or something. <laughs> it's like for corrupting, his, for corrupting his younger son. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sean. In advance. What's this? Love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty unrealistic expectations for young people when it comes to sex because of all of the porn that they look at. Uh And they expect to, like, perform in these certain ways or... It's not even porn. It's just, like, the media in general. Expect it to go it a certain way or look a certain way. And I'm thinking, you know what? That's... Why? Just lay back and have a good time. Forget about all that. I also learned about something really awful that happened in the 70s, but we can talk about that later because I feel like we've talked a lot about vaginas enough. Um, something to do with vaginas. Well, God, now you can't just open that door and just leave okay, it. There was a guy in the 70s who would do like basically type 2 or type 3 female genital mutilation on women who came into his office for something else without their consent. He called it the Barbie surgery. He would like cut off the clit <gasps> and trim the labia. Yeah. And like make it too Why didn't I ever hear of this? Probably because you didn't talk about that kind of thing in the 70s. Yeah. No. There was a lot of weird shit back then. Because he wanted to. (laughs) He would turn them into horny little mice. And it was. He thought it would prevent their husbands from beating them. I don't know. He was really. Well, you know, the female genital mutilation is not a joke. And it happens all over the world. It still happens in America today. Yeah, kind of on the sly, though, doesn't it? Well, in the black market, it is illegal, but that doesn't stop. It's illegal, actually, throughout the entire country. Yeah. Even in, like, Africa is the most popular place for it to happen. Uh, But it's... And I think It still happens constantly. based on religious... uh, Isn't it? Yeah, and and just customs, like... Religious customs? Not necessarily even religion. It's just Just people have been doing it over so many years that they... They I'm don't wondering. Want to stop. I'm wondering who came up with that the first time. Oh, know, she's horny. Man. Cut that thing off, and then she won't go want to go with any other men. What? Some man came up with it. Fucker. That whole circumcision thing came about because of Jewish culture, right? Uh, well, and now it's actually and now, but now health everybody reasons. does it. I mean, almost everybody. Yeah. If you have a baby boy, that's one of the first things 
That, well, there's more that's not doing it now. There's yeah, more there's a lot more people are, who yeah, don't do it. But I mean, when I, when I became a mother, yeah, the, it, it was I mean, it was like well. I asked my husband, I said, so what do we do? He goes, well, I'm circumcised, so yeah. I guess he gets it, too. It yeah. was as, as regular as, like, immunizations back then. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. now you've got people who, you know, don't do that don't either. Do but Well, did you hear about the case where they circumcised the kid? This was a long time ago. And they actually burned his penis off? Yeah, oh, they burned his penis ending. off, and then so they gave him a vagina, and they raised him from an infant as a female, but what he knew the entire time... That he felt wrong, that he th- he thought he was male. That happens a lot more often. And than they you might finally think. told him when he was like twenty something, and suicide. he committed suicide. <gasps> yeah, Dang. I watched a documentary on him too. In this God, thing. That's hideous. But I have heard about lots of mistakes yeah. where where they well where any they surgery slip. has yeah. complications. So if I mean, you're doing that surgery yeah, every day, change your whole life for sure. Times. Before you even old enough to really ready for this class to be over. I I thought you were going to say, I'm really ready for this conversation to be over. (laughs) That too. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing we watched in that class was a a penile piercing. And I was just like, oh, okay, we're going there. We're going to watch this stuff. (laughs) Remind me never to take that class, Jessica. I don't think I'd want to sit. It's not so much that I wouldn't want to watch that. I probably would have some kind of weird fascination, <laughs> but being in a room full of guys well, watching that, the I would think that you'd have people passing out or like, something. <laughs> the funniest part about it was that the beginning of class, we were all kind of mixed together. At this point in the class period, all of the girls sit in one place and all the guys sit in a different place. <laughs> They've separated. We don't look at each other. We're just like, oh God. <laughs> you put your blinders on. <clears throat> yeah, the guy that sat next to me, he definitely looked like he was about to throw up. He was just like... See, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I would not want to be in mixed company whilst watching something like... I mean, you can't even... Some some guys can't even watch another guy get hit in the balls without going green. <laughs> you know? Thinking, wow. We do weird things. Do really weird Take a things. hot poker after that? No, that's not going to be good. Nope. 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 <laughs> This, this conversation went off track. <laughs> Are you feeling better now? Bonnie was what? having issues earlier today because um, she's they moved office. Yeah. I'm cranky. And all of the, you know, when you get used to your shit, you get used to where your desk is and where your chair fits and everything. And then you go to a new office and everything is wrong. It's you're, you're very like wrong. Just oh, that wait. much slower because you have to readjust. Bonnie was discussing her issues with... Uh, with her T-Rex arms. <laughs> she has to actually reach. She can't reach the back of her desk whilst sitting. I she has these tiny little T-Rex arms. arms. Well, it's not even my boobs. <laughs> I just can't reach. It's like a corner desk. And I seriously can't reach the edge of my desk without standing up and bending over and, you know, sticking my butt up in the air so that I can reach my desk. I'm like, you know, doing a whole, what is that when you lean against the desk? Hey, Baby, too sexy for this desk. <laughs> Take a look at my delicious bum over here. <laughs> and then the the um the bathroom, the sinks in the bathroom are really far back. I can't reach the stupid the the faucet. step stool. Seriously, needs a, she needs a step stool at her workplace. And I mean, how sad sh- is that? I'm not the shortest person in the office. I have th- there's two girls who are shorter than me. And I don't know how they reach. <laughs> <laughs> So, so then I, I was saying, I, I got this Fitbit thing, right? Mm-hmm. And ever since I got this, 
Leo comes up to me in the hall, who's one of the guys we work with, and he goes, my God, you have little hands. You have Trump hands. <laughs> and I said, well, they're the same hands I've always had. How come you've never noticed? I don't know, but boy, they look weirdly small. <laughs> so then last night I'm sitting on the couch and my husband's sitting there and he's like, my God, you have little hands. I think it's got to be the stupid Fitbit. Because <laughs> like, it's making my, my hands look weirdly look small. Small. smaller. Mm. Your hands look normal from here. They yeah. look fine to me, but everybody else thinks I have I mean, they look Trump the same hands. as your hands have always looked. But so they've always been tiny little Trump hands? You don't well, have I Trump mean, hands. Well, I mean, I've looked at your hands before. <laughs> Sorry I noticed more than your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I said, how long have we been married? You're just noticing my hands? That's a little worrying. I'm joking. It is worrying. Just kidding, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I so know he'll have, never listen, but no, he, he will never listen. Garrett had a friend with little hands. He said the worst thing that ever happened was they pulled up in the little Caesar's drive-through, and he went to grab the pizza, and the girl looked just like stopped, looked at him, and was like, "Your hands, they're so small, <laughs> boy! What a way to ruin a dude's confidence, man! <laughs> oh, look at that cute little hand! Like, oh my oh, gosh, it's just so little." So <laughs> yeah, something a guy doesn't want to hear. No, guys. want to hear. What do you think, Al- Alec? Is it Alec or Alex? Alec. Alec, what do you think about that? He's got... Do you have little bitty... Show us your hands. Oh, he's got nice size hands. He's got big hands. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say about big well, hands. We're gonna go there. Again. Okay. I feel he's like we all turning big so red. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> we have two. Jessica's very ginger. She has very red hair, and her brother also has very red hair, and his face is just as red as hers gets. It's awesome. We're, everybody thinks we're twins. You guys do look like twins. I get ID'd more than he does. He's eighteen, and I'm almost twenty-three. <laughs> you guys are the Weasleys. You really are. You want to be Ron or Fred? Nah, he's better looking than either <laughs> one of those. It's a whole new Weasley set. Maybe he'd be that, you know, the handsome older brother. Charlie. That, did you know the Weasleys, like the real guys, actually have black hair? What? Yeah, they're not really red-headed. Head, red-headed. They had to dye their hair for the. Movie. My mind is completely blown. I'm sorry. Why I've, I've seen him that? outside of Harry Potter, and he's always had red hair. Not Ron, Ron Weasley, the twins. The twins. Oh, the, the twins, twins are not Fred and gingers. <gasps> Fake news. What are their names? Here, I'll Google it. <laughs> Speaking of Trump hands, fake news. <laughs> oh my God. Because I used to watch all these documentaries about Harry Potter when I was younger. Oh, shit. Um, and. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I just spilled an entire cup of coffee on this very expensive equipment. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. Our engineer. And I remember hearing them talk about their that is non-red well, it's not hair. black. It's brown. I know, yeah. but I swear they look very gingery, though. That's weird. Yeah, their coloring is very fair. Yeah, I live in England, guys. There's no sun there. Just saying. Yeah, it's I mean like that's really not dark. black. That's but I think when they were brown. kids, like when the filming first started, it was darker. Hmm. But yeah, they don't have red hair. Uh, what else are you gonna tell well, it's me? It's not now? red. Definitely not red. But it's not black. you just ruined my entire perception of life over here. Mm-hmm. What else? What What next? Sorry, Martha. Cats marrying dogs? No. Uh, only if you watch uh, I got a dog. Facebook video of Circa a bunny rabbit playing basketball. 99. <laughs> what? I said I got a Facebook video of a bunny rabbit playing basketball. Yes, I know. I sent that to you. I know. That's what I said. It was very cute. 
I don't care. I don't care. You don't care about a bunny playing basketball, Jessica? I have a song stuck in my head. Alec played a song in the car and it says, I don't care, I don't care. And that part is So you're telling me you don't care, you don't care? This is why I day drink. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. And just real quick, I want to give a shout out to my little sister who turned 40 today. (gasps) Your little sister turned 40? Vanessa. Vanessa turned 40. You stay out of trouble, girl. I tell her she was official cougar status now. Date younger men. That's pretty awesome. You go, girl. She's almost the answer. She's what? Almost the answer. She only has two two more years to go and she'll, she'll be the answer. To the meaning of life, life the, the universe, universe and, and everything. everything. Well, I think we've discussed enough weird stuff to get us off in the right direction and in the proper mood for book yeah. stuff. Since real life's so depressing, I'm definitely talking about fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go first then? Sure. All right. Mm-hmm. Break us into the fantasy world, Jessica. Okay, so I read... Three Dark Crowns by Kendare Blake, who is the same author that wrote Anna Dressed in Blood, and we all know how pumped I was about that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We've actually heard you mention this book before because we knew you got it. We just didn't hear about it yet. Right. Okay. So um, it's a, an island, and the island has a queen who marries a mainlander, and um, she has triplets. That's how the cycle goes. She. They have triplets, and they can have one of the five gifts. The three main ones are elementals, who can obviously they can control fire and earth, water, water air, make yeah. storms come. They're naturalists, who they have familiars, so they have animals, and they can make trees grow and stuff like that. And then there's poisoners; they can ingest any type of poison and not die. Ooh, so, sort of like the snake handlers of North Carolina. So they... um, Or West Virginia or wherever the hell that is. They grow up... The three girls grow up until they're six in the Black Cottage. And then they're sent to live with different families that have the same gifts. And um, when they turn 16, the year of ascension starts and... They have to kill each other. One queen lives Whoa. and the other two die. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> so oh, I'm sorry, honey. You have to die now. Yep. Well, they don't really... Like, they leave each other when they're six, so they don't really remember a whole lot about their childhood, and they're not supposed to. But that's got to be really freaky, because they're they're twin triplets. Yeah, So it's they weird. all look exactly pretty much alike, right? Well, kind of. They all have they're the not identical features, but they're not identical. Oh, okay. Oh, and there are two other types of gifts. There's the war gift and the oracle gift, but apparently the oracle gift makes you go mad, so they drown the babies that have that at birth. Oh, lovely. Uh, and uh, the war gift hasn't shown up in so many generations that people who have it, it's really weak, and there's not very many people who have the war gift, so for the most part, they're naturalist elementals, or poisoners. Hmm. And so um, it follows three different the three different girls at different times. So you have a lot of storylines to keep up with. So there's Arsenoy, who's a naturalist, whose powers still have not come when she's 16. Arsenoy? Arsenoy. It's a weird name. I had to look up how to pronounce it. <laughs> and then there's Katerine, who's the poisoner, whose um, like powers have also not really shown up. And then there's Mirabella, who's the elemental, who's just like super powerful. Everybody thinks she's going to win. The down- but don't tell us who's going to win. You will not. But the downfall to her is 
she remembers everything from her childhood and refuses to kill her sisters. <laughs> so, oh. um, mm. yeah. <laughs> so, and then there are all these the families that they live with. There have been poisoner queens for the last three years. So the poisoners are super powerful and they hold all this control. And it's all about how they these girls have grown up with these families who really want them to live and they've grown to love them so they'll do pretty much anything to win and it's about all of that a lot of crazy magic stuff happens oh, i love crazy magic stuff it's pretty cool and they so they live on an island and when like arsenoy because they knew she wasn't didn't have a strong gift from the time she was little so her friends tried to get her off the island but the goddess keeps them on the island because it's, it's the goddess who they serve so they can't get through this like wall of mist until two of them are dead one <sighs> lives and has the triplets and then she can leave with her mainly and her husband after she's had the triplets damn harsh it's just cr- but it was so intense and i loved all the characters and none of them actually die <laughs> the dude the don't tell us that <laughs> well it's a, that out. it's a trilogy so like oh. Don't, don't tell us that anyway. Yeah. Anyways, I don't really know how much to say before. But that's good. Giving stuff that's away. good. You've, you've given us the first part of it, and that's enough of a draw to get us to read mm-hmm. the book. Yep. Because it sounds awesome. And I, I really, really liked it. So it I sounds should. interesting. It does. Yeah. I'd read it. I think you'd like it. If it was on audio. The I probably would audio. not read it, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> Bonnie's like, I'm not reading that. Yeah, you Well, like I it. would just, I would get to lost in the details anyways it was called uh three dark crowns by kinder blake i think is how you say her name i feel like i've seen that one a lot maybe on amazon or something but i is it, it have like really it familiar. has like a, a dripping um black crown on the front of it or something i think it has three crowns but it's like dripping one of them is yeah i think it, one of them's like the poisoner crown so it's got like poison yes dripping, i, and then I think i've seen that cover Yep, and then this yeah. second one's called One Dark Throne, and it has this is this. A, is this a YA? Uh, I don't know. It I might think be. it is. Hold on. It might be listed as YA. I have no idea. That would be a good thing to know, I don't know. if you're looking I for it. I saw a list of um, books for the different Hogwarts houses, and that's where I found this book, because I saw Because it name. was a Ravenclaw? Uh it's either Ravenclaw or a Slytherin because they're really close together, but um, I think it was a Slytherin. But I saw her name and I loved Anna dressed in blood so much oh. that I was like, yep, reading this. It does not list it as young adult. It lists it as fiction and fantasy fiction. Okay. Sweet. Good to know. We're going to go look for it. Yep. Oh, sounds pretty good. All right. Who's next, Goyles? I can go if you want. Unless you want to go, Nicole. I don't care. I guess it's you then, Bonnie. You can can fall at love and girl. I know. We'll separate the fantasies with our two books. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to. We can't get too much There's fantasy. Nothing one wrong time. with fantasy. I'm not just <laughs> fantasy. There is not. I'm, I mean, sometimes I wish I could suspend my disbelief. My disbelief long enough to read more fantasy because they sound awesome when you guys well, talk about them. Like totally different worlds. That's what I don't get about how you can't suspend your belief. Because it's just I can't. I but you can watch Harry not. Potter in Lord of the Rings. She can watch them. Yes, I can watch them. But she she sits down to read a book, then she starts thinking too much. I get caught up in too many details, and then she's like, "Oh, I gotta Google that." That's I mean, there's even some right. books that I really do like. Then there's parts of them that I'm like. All right. Well, that timeline does not that timeline does not make sense. 
the person aged three years in a month. I don't she quite figures all this that. shit out. I'm going to have to have her fact check my entire book before I can release it. She's going to be like, oh, that, no, no, you can't have her doing that because back here you did this. Yeah, she's going to be the nitpicker. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. I don't know what my problem is. We love you. All right, go ahead. Tell my us warped your, mind. Tell us your what you got over there, that big, thick thing. <laughs> Are you talking about my microphone? <laughs> I thought you were talking about Column of Fire because that book is thick. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Column of Fire by Ken Follett, and it was 30 hours. 30 just hours. FYI. But hours. the one before this was 50 day young so this one was actually a whole lot shorter than his other two and it is the last in the series of the pillar of the earth this is book three this takes place in 1558 in kingsbridge where the other ones and of course they're descendants of the original characters out of pillars of the earth and it's a long time since the second one so this is a whole new group of people and this takes place about when the Catholics and the Protestants start fighting with each other, and there's a lot of prosecution between the two religions. <laughs> Martha keeps taking her coat off and taking it on. Sorry, I couldn't stop laughing. Putting it on. <clears throat> I don't know what my problem is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Catholics and, and Protestants are fighting, so there's a lot of like um, the Catholics, of course, and the Catholics are like this through a lot of the historical fiction books that I read. If you don't believe in something that they believe, then they pretty much burn you at the stake because yeah. they think you're a witch. That would or pretty they, much be you know, how they, they behaved over time. They quarter you and stuff like that. So they're pretty non-forgiving about if you don't follow their religion to a T and that includes if you own any religious books that are not in Latin so of course this one like all of other uh, all of Ken Follett's other books are kind of based around uh, forbidden romance and this one's Ned Willard and Marjorie Fitzgerald Marjorie Fitzgerald is a strong Catholic oh I knew this was coming Ned Willard is a Protestant Protestant. Uh aha mm-hmm Mixing religions. Mm, Bad, bad. So, you know, Marjorie Fitzgerald's parents betroth her to the Earl so she can't marry Ned because she loves Ned, but she can't marry him because she's supposed to marry this Earl so that they can be part of the royal family. Because that's what happened back in 1500 century. Yeah, because you you were given away as political... What would you call that? Political collateral? Yeah, it's to strengthen political families. It's not really... Women didn't have any standing or power. You didn't marry for love, No, basically. Unless you were poor, you did not marry for love. You married to strengthen the family politically with another family or to gain status. So, because of course, you know, it wouldn't be a Ken Follick book if there wasn't some forbidden love in there. (laughs) And, um, That's why she secretly loves him. Mm-hmm. He ends up being a spy for Queen Elizabeth, who is Elizabeth Stewart, who we read about in Gregory Philippa books. See, it's all crossing yeah. over now. That, that was, I think, the most interesting Philippa, thing. Philippa Gregory. Yeah. Philippa Gregory, sorry. 
I can't talk tonight for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I have been day drinking. <laughs> yeah, what's in that bottle? It looks like water, but I don't think it is. You oh, just God. leave my bottle alone. Yeah, she's day drinking all night. I'm not sharing. Sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like the circle. <laughs> and he's a spy. And uh, Queen Elizabeth is the queen of, becomes the queen of England, and she is Protestant, and it kind of turns everything on its head. But her, I want to say it's her first or second cousin, or first cousin twice removed, or something like that, Queen Mary, is the queen of Scotland. And the Catholics want her to be queen. So Elizabeth basically puts Queen Mary under house arrest. So, that's her sister. Oh, is it her sister? Okay. I couldn't remember. It's It's been a couple weeks since I finished this book. And at, that at 50 hours or I only know this hours. because of all my Philippa Gregory right. reading. Right, yeah. <laughs> and see, I, I so noticed it's the all trend. It's based on historical yeah. facts. So, that may, so. so mm-hmm. uh, that's very interesting to hear this plot because I've heard you talk about Ken Follett novels before, but mm-hmm. I had never realized they were based off of... True. So it's pretty much the same difference as reading. It's history. Right. Gregory. It's uh-huh. historical fiction. Yeah. It's just that some of the stuff that. that she was reading was different time periods than that. Yeah. Now yeah. she's up to that time period. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of this book, it's the Spanish Inquisition, and they talk about um, in the Constant Princess, um, Katrina. I can't remember what her mom's name, but she was the Queen of Spain, right? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. It's Katarina. Queen. It's it, Katerina, okay, maybe, but it, it's the her mom isn't is only in the very beginning of the mm-hmm. Constant Princess, but they talk about her and the Spanish Inquisition in this Ken Follick book, and they talk about Queen Catherine, who is Katerina. Mm-hmm. Yes, so mm-hmm. and then, Hen- and Henry does she talk about or he talk about? Um, What's the girl that fought? Oh, Joan of Arc. Joan, Joan of Arc. Arc. It would have been during the that era. No, he does not mention Joan of oh. Arc at all. I actually really like reading about her sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be fascinating. I tried to read that one that you gave me with um, with Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just had trouble with the time period. That's fine. Yeah. A lot of people do. But this this book actually goes way more into the the royal family political chess game that everybody plays and into spies and everything is I mean everything is a puzzle that that they have to figure out because you know they're sneaking messages in but they have to figure out how they're sneaking the messages to Queen Mary because you know all of her uh, letters and everything are looked looked at at Mm -hmm. and and everything before she gets them and I mean all of the supplies that they they order and send to her are all checked to make sure that nobody's sneaking anything into her. But somehow, something is getting in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it go all the way to her death? Just curious. To Mary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. I, I, uh, that time period with Queen Elizabeth, Mary, and then... I don't really like the whole Henry VIII, but if you go a little bit before that to the War of the Roses, those are like the most fascinating English time periods to me of all time mm-hmm. especially the war of the roses but yeah it is very interesting and i love elizabeth and then like mary mm-hmm. just like they're 
how they're always fighting, but they're sisters, and it's just so, I don't know. If you like medieval time period historical fiction, this would definitely be a good read, even if you don't read the other ones. And um, this one's enough that it could be a standalone because it's so far in the future from the other two mm. that they're like distance. You're talking like generations. 200, 200 years from the last book. Each book jumps like 200 years. So, like in Ken Follick's books, and I know, I think I said this last time in his Fall of Giants series, he goes right from one to the other to the other. I mean, there's hardly any time in between. But his Pillar of the Earth, he it jumps hundreds of years between books. But so, they're very, very distantly related. Right. right. And they kind of mention the other characters every once in a while, but they don't focus. And that was something I had to remember when I started reading this because I was a little disappointed in the second book because I was expecting there to be more of a connection. And finally, about three chapters in, I had to tell myself, okay. Stop looking for it. <laughs> I need to stop looking for it. I need to focus on what's happening and quit looking for the connections. Because I was looking for the connections so much that I wasn't getting into the story. Mm. Because you know how I do. Yes. You know I do that. Yes. So I had to suspend my disbelief. Very good. And just okay. listen to the story. I'm going to have to read that now. It's really good. It's You've really got good. Nicole hooked over here. She's ready. <laughs> I just went and marked it want to read on Goodreads. All right. You? You're welcome. <laughs> you have to let me know if you like his writing style. I love it you because he's so intricate and detailed. But I would say that he's a lot like Philip or Philippa Gregory. Philippa Gregory yeah. and because she's pretty detailed too. Do you want to read all three or just that one? All three, probably. Oh, well, I'd love to start at the first one. Yeah. I have the pillow. The, the pillow's verse is the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I have it. Um, I'll like, borrow it from you. That is a massive book. It is. It's huge. Yeah. It's that, very I know huge. That, that's one of the reasons I've never really, like, even looked at them. <laughs> but, now, but I love Philippa Gregory, and she's got, what, like, a million books, and I read all of those, so if I can make it through, true, I can figure it out. Yeah. This thousand-page book I, or whatever. It's okay. one of those books that I really have wanted to read for a while, but since I've been in school and I've been working, I like every few months I finish a book and I take it off the shelf and look at it like I'm really going to read it, and then I'm like, "This is a really big no. bear. I'm going to put that back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who am I kidding? <sighs> it is. I will say the third one's a little more rapey than the second one, but not as rapey as the first. I thought you said rabies, and I was like, "That's rapey. what I thought you said too." <laughs> rapey. Very rapey. Uh, I'm tired of rapey. But not as rapey as the first one. Okay. And that again was Column of Fire by Ken Follett because I love him. And I'm very sad that I'm done with all of his series. And now i got to find something else to read. <laughs> I have to get comfortable for this, guys. Got Nick Nick. She's getting comfortable over there. She's ready. I'm about to nerd out on you guys. Oh, she's going to nerd so hard. out. <laughs> okay. Um... So I saw this as an advertisement on, like, Facebook or something weird. Sorry. Like, a couple of months ago. <laughs> and it's called The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs, A New History of the of a Lost World. And it's by Stephen Brousette. And I emailed HarperCollins, asked if I could have a copy. They sent me one. And I'm saying that to be, like, full disclosure that it was mailed to me for review. Um... 
However, I chose this book because I am like the biggest dinosaur nerd ever. Um, I was <laughs> really? born in the yeah, like early 90s. So at the exact same time, um, Jurassic Park was published as a book, which I have a reader uh, an advanced reader's copy of, which to me is amazing. Somebody mm-hmm. at the station gave it to me as a present one year for Christmas. Um, That's one hell of a present. I yeah. always say that, but it is. <laughs> and um, like growing up, my dad would always be watching like the Sci-Fi Channel, and guess what was always on the Sci-Fi Channel? Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park, or one of the other four part like movies. Mm-hmm. Um, There's another one coming out too. I know, and I watched like all of the trailers today, by the way, because I'm pretty excited about that. But <laughs> I love Chris Pratt so much. Oh, he's <laughs> such a babe. I love him. I just like dinosaurs. Makes me. <laughs> I like his energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, he's cute too. I don't give but, a damn about his energy. But That's he's not just what so. I'm looking at. Dude, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's my fave. So he's hot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta stop drooling here. Uh, what's that guy? The guy that says um, uh, he talks about the chances of the. Or hold on. Chaos theory. Chaos theory. He talks about chaos theory. Jeff Goldblum. The, he's going to be in the next one. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Uh, he's like he's just—it's just an appearance, but he's—but uh, like he's got a good like his own segment. That's another guy I really like. I he's like really Jeff tall. Goldblum. I just think he's like I nerd out when he's yeah. every time he's on the TV. Anyways, okay, so. This book is a nonfiction slash science slash biography. Um, Stephen Brousset is the author, and he actually is a paleontologist, and he currently works at the University of Edinburgh. Oh, which super dork. <gasps> you know, see, we're nerding out here just on where he works. <laughs> but he grew up in the United States. Um, he went to school to get his bachelor's and his master's, and his P. HD probably I don't know what all goes into this but um, uh, to become a paleontologist and he has traveled all over the world Um, like Peru he's gone to like literally anywhere you can think of that has dinosaur bones he has been there part of the marketing on this and it's very true is the way he's talking about dinosaurs is very like modernistic and he's not going in there and you don't feel like you're reading a textbook when you read this. So, because that's, I was very, very worried about that when I started because I've done that for biographies and I, that's kind of why I don't like reading biographies is because I don't want to read a timeline or a te- like textbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I a want story. a story. And so he's giving you this story and not only, he, not only is he giving you the story of how dinosaurs like began Mm-hmm. How the Earth formed, how dinosaurs came around. He's telling you how he became a paleontologist, oh, and like cool. all of his discoveries. And you're getting like these mixed in stories. Um, and so he starts out talking about, and for the sake of the podcast, because I can't pronounce half of the words in this book um, <laughs> properly, we're going to call them pre-dinosaurs. But he talks about the difference between pre-dinosaurs and real dinosaurs, and there's not a whole lot of difference other than pre-dinosaurs were in the Triassic period, and they're the size of a cat, but they're like the exact same thing. It's like a T-Rex, but the size of a, a small poodle. Like he And he <clears throat> goes into so many, like his descriptions are not scientific because he will describe something as a small poodle. And to me... 
I can picture a small poodle. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and he powder. he's not telling me it's one point five. He's making it palatable. Meters. He's making yes. science palatable for people who it's, are not scientists, which is really what gets people interested yes. in science, which mm-hmm. is awesome. It is heavenly reading. His like, like he'll talk about how um, carbon dioxide on the Earth is what caused. Like, it, that's kind of why it took so long for dinosaurs to become dinosaurs, um, is because the atmosphere, because of the carbon dioxide, which was caused by um, us being in one continent, because um, we were all... Pangea. Yeah, Pangea. And he talks about Pangea and how, when that broke up, all these volcanoes formed because all this energy splitting, and that caused the carbon, carbon dioxide. And he goes into this long story... But you're like fascinated the entire time, and you're I like, "Holy be cool shit!" To take a I class just learned from that something. Guy. Oh yeah, I'm, I need to read this. This is so I'm geeking out just listening to you talk about it. I I'll let you that. borrow it. I it's the look, first edition, so you have to take care of it. Well, you but. know, I will. I wish, <laughs> I wish professors would learn to teach like that. You know, really, like tell you like I have a professor that talks about um like meta theory and liminality of things and all these words that we've never really had to deal with very much and I'm like could you just say what you actually mean please <laughs> and stop using fancy words oh yeah and so you get it you have a doctorate but yeah <laughs> not only is he telling you like the scientific like facts of all of these events and he literally goes from pre-dinosaur to after dinosaur we're just going to go with those terms for the sake of the podcast again but um in between, he will tell you about how he discovered, like, uh, like he'll talk about all these pre-dinosaur fossils and how he wanted to know, um, kind of, I don't remember what the technical term for it was, but he wanted to know how they were dispersed within, like, the world. Okay. And so he right. had to figure out how to measure that because there's not right. really a way to measure that because you have to measure the fossils. But he figured out that if you go and get all of the fossils from that species, and if you make a character like this spreadsheet, and you say this is number one, that you can go and put all of the characteristics of that fossil down, but you mark it with zeros and ones, and then you put it for. So he studied seventy-three fossils, used zeros and ones to mark like seven hundred characteristics on each fossil. And then came up with this generalized idea of how many there were at that time period. Damn. And he was the first person to really do that. Other than, Very cool. But he got the idea from people who study, like, oysters. Because oh. those are also, like, some right, of them are right, fossils. Right. But um, there's also pictures in the book. <laughs> oh, you gotta have the pictures. But there's, like, sketches of dinosaurs, which obviously are, like, super cute. And mm-hmm. But he actually has pictures of fossils, so he'll go into detail about one, and he'll actually show you. Oh, I've still got to read this book. Like, what he's totally talking about. Totally geeking out over here. It's fascinating. But he talks about, because it's very recent that they realized dinosaurs had feathers. Yep. Um, They've actually found evidence of it now. Oh, no. He shows you a picture where oh, you can cool. see the feather markings. Like. <gasps> Yeah, and it, but yeah, it's so fascinating. And he talks about the difference between like modern paleontologists and earlier ones who kind of just went and dug up bones and then like put them in a museum and said, "Cool, I discovered this," and how now they're doing all this other stuff. So I don't know. It's so fascinating. Cool. 
All right. So what's the uh, what's the title and artist again? Okay, uh, it's called "The Rise and the Fall of the Dinosaurs: A New History of a Lost World," and it's by Stephen Brissett. And he talks about just finding footprints. Yeah, and like, we have, foot, we have yeah. Wyoming is full of stuff like that. And he talks so about how important they it. are. I love it. I love because it. they are so important. Yeah. So I don't know. Now I just want to go. Yeah. Well, you could come with us this summer, huh? <laughs> I don't think we can fit another person in the car, though, once we get Dylan and his crew in there. I mean, I would watch it if it was a documentary. Yeah. I've watched a lot of dinosaur documentaries, and they they actually... I've watched one one time that, that they talked about pre-dinosaurs mm-hmm. and all of that. So, some of that, you know, they talked about in the... Um, Oh, and like alligators are still di- technically dinosaurs, mm-hmm. but he talks about how much they've changed since, because they were around before, before pre-dinosaurs were around. So they've been around for like mm-hmm. forever, but they, yeah. Cool. And I know in this documentary, they, they show some really old fossils that they found to show some of the pre-dinosaurs mm-hmm. and they discovered some stuff that they had never known before. I think it's the first... Well, he talked a little bit about feather, but not on regular dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And this guy isn't so self-absorbed. Like he'll talk about his own stuff, but he will talk about other scientists other and people. what they've discovered. That's so, nice. and That's how it good. relates to his story. So, because you know, you get more of a story if you work with your colleagues. But he is cocky. I'm just going to throw that out there. But I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. He's kind of like, I discovered this shit, so. She likes herself a cocky scientist. <laughs> Come on, Charmingly tell me how wonderful you are, baby. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but I haven't seen him in person or met him in person, obviously, so if that translated to. It's probably to me meeting him. I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> you need to know if he has big hands. Is that what she said? That's so funny. <sighs> probably has ear hair. <laughs> I'm just saying you can Wait, buy I, a razor no, for that. No, he's actually kind of cute. Jessica, can you see this picture? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I see a massive widow's peak. <laughs> he's not bad. I can't see him that well. I'll have to. I'll come over and look at him. Yeah. No. For you know for a paleontologist that's been spent his life I mean I wouldn't kick him out of bed for crackers all I can see right now is Ross Geller so please stop <laughs> I know right hey he's a handsome boy he brush see, me Martha off with Greece? a fossil no, brush damn or dust me off with a fossil brush yeah he does have really nice I teeth tickle you with a feather yeah. like, <laughs> he's got really nice teeth hey baby is that a he's dinosaur still got his hair there. all that stuff some of it well, pretty good portion of it. <laughs> Maybe that's an old picture. We don't know. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, shall we move on? Bring us You guys ready Martha. for some weird? Yep. Yes. Okay. I've been dying to do this for a long time. I actually read this uh, book the first time a couple of years ago, and I just reread it when I was talk- talking to you about it, Jessica, telling you you should read it. Which one? It's called Oryx and Crake mm-hmm. by Margaret Atwood. It starts out... He sounds like a homeless guy. He calls himself Snowman. And and he's talking about sitting in this tree. And he's talking about foraging for different supplies and stuff. Just his description and everything. He sounds like this homeless dude, right? But then these... God, how am I going to explain that? This is so hard to explain. Um, (laughs) That's how I felt about my book. I was like, I don't know how to explain this without like... Okay, these primitive creatures that are living near him, he's he's almost like their teacher. 
he teaches them about civilization because this is post-apocalyptic. So the world as we know it has ended and he's one of the surviving human beings. And they are not quite human. You get that from the very beginning because they're they're commenting on his facial hair and asking him what what does he have on his face? And he says these are my feathers. And Oryx and Crake are the god figures in the story. Um and it, you come to find out that the world has indeed ended as we know it, but was the end was brought on purposely by humans. He is good friends with this guy. I don't remember what his actual name was because they, he calls him Crake all the time. They play all these games together. And one of the games that they like to play was a game about... Well, it wasn't about, but it was based on... You, you chose your character based on an extinct animal. And then they would create new animals on this computer game. Craig got really good at it. And he started talking to some of the other people on the group. And he sort of he goes into that field. And he works with genetically modified, with a company that does genetic modification. And these people that he creates, he's creating them. He, he describes it as like they're the, show, the showroom models of what's possible in genetic modification. So he creates these creatures that are humanoid, but their skin colors are like blue and green and red. I know, it's creepy, freaky. And he creates them to, their their, their skin is bug repellent, naturally. Oh, I wish my skin and they was can, And they can, <laughs> right, yeah, and they can eat grass. Pretty much, they're natural vegetarians. They can eat anything and get the nutrition that they need from it. So he creates them in this special way so that they can live off of their environment. Well, he also tries to make them perfect in other ways. For example, he's tr- he tries to breed out the aggressive um, sexual tension that humans have. So he does all of these little modifications on this group of, he makes it so they, instead of being horny animals like, like us, he makes them more like animals in that they come into heat at a certain time. And then the men, you know, have their way with them and, and there's not a lot of competition when it comes to that. So he, that's the way they, they were designed and so you you see this through a series of flashbacks through Snowman's memory of Crake and Oryx is this woman that he loved and it turns out that so did Crake I love her so there was a triangle going on between the three of them it's it's really cool and interesting in a lot of different ways because you're you're watching the dregs you're watching the end of society and and what's left over afterwards and he's telling the story of how it all happened but backwards so he's out foraging, and all of the, the creatures that are running wild out there are creatures that were created by these companies. Wow. Like, there's this um, chicky nubs is, a, is an animal that they created, which basically is a chicken without a head. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's just the meat. <clears throat> so just that, running around? Right, so that people wouldn't 
you know, feel weird about eating meat. You know, they just they cut out the middleman, cut rid of the head and everything. So chicky knobs or chi- so nothing chicky with knobs. a face it would it would qualify. But, but then they also mixed all these other animals together. So and some of these are really super scary, smart animals. And basically, when the world ended, all this crap got loose. So there's some really weird stuff running around out there. And there's very few. He doesn't run into I think he only runs into three other humans during the whole book. Hmm. Most of it is just what's left over, the detritus of society. And he's trying to, he forages, tries to find, you know, leftover food. And I mean, he, he has to create this narrative with these people that he's watching over. He has to tell them to bring him fish because he, he you know he can't eat grass he gives them their origin story he makes the whole thing up i don't i, I found it fascinating and it was a really fun read especially the first time i read it i thought it was really 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 cool and it's got three or four books that go with it trying to think of what else just put a hold on it at the library <laughs> uh, it's really i'm serious it's and margaret atwood is the same person that wrote handmaid's the handmaid's tale. tale she is such a good author man whatever she touches is just brilliant and i've read the other books that go with this too and and they are all good but it's really interesting because you it makes you think about a lot of different things you you wouldn't you wouldn't think about um, how our origin story began and who first told it and things of that nature. It really all kind of comes out and you really, your mind is just worrying. Um, I also found it really interesting the way the world actually ended. And I'm not going to tell you that because if you're interested in reading the book, you're going to be horrified and disgusted all on your own when you find that out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. We'll leave that for another time now, won't we? <laughs> so it was called Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood. So on a different subject regarding Ma- uh, Margaret Atwood, I was very offended today when I read an article that was talking about how, um, because Handmaid's Tale is on Hulu yeah. and it's in mm-hmm. its second season, mm-hmm. has been released, um, and I haven't seen either one, but I guess the ratings for the second season are down a lot because the Me Too movement has slowed down. And so the article was essentially saying that, like, the women's movement, it relies on men. Because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're publishing something that says this right now. But. Cripes. Uh, the reason the ratings are going down is because it's on Hulu. Me, yeah. <laughs> Cripes. Really? I really want to watch it, but I, I, I don't want to watch pay it, another yeah. like, fee for Hulu. See, this is, this, this is the whole point. I, I'm sure it's wonderful, but Hulu is not a mainstream. Okay. It is pretty good. Like, they have some really good stuff on there. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not going to. My, uh, our office manager at work, so they all are watching The Handmaid's Tale at work, and so I decided I was going to read it first, so I read it, and then she gave me her Hulu account to watch it. I think I made it through the first episode, and I was like, eh, 
Really? I mean, it wasn't bad. So really, maybe it's just not that great. Well, I feel like, and it may be because I read the book, so I was like, I I already know all this. Yeah. Well, and they, I also saw a different article, which they were published like right next to each other, which I thought was weird, that was saying season two is running out of story. So What? Well, okay, if you think about how the book ends, you were upset, you were like, wait, that's not fair, it's just pending right now. That's how season one ends, apparently. Yeah. Well, Margaret Atwood's still alive, so maybe she's making up the rest of it. I don't know. But I still want to watch it. I just but okay. So like Amazon is raising their uh, their membership by twenty percent. Yep. Um, Netflix, Netflix has already raised theirs because it's like what fifteen bucks a month now. Yep. And then Hulu's ten or fifteen. Yeah. So it's by like, the Jesus. time you pay all that, it's like buying cable. I might as well have cable at this point. Like yeah, <laughs> just as expensive. And they I still have to pay for internet. Through. I'm telling you, they will every yeah. time. They get you. Here we are back at the. Back at the end. Full circle. Again. But you know, you also did post something else on Facebook that takes us back to the beginning of this podcast. And what would that be? It would be, what is your vagina's name? Okay, so what's your vagina's name, Bonnie? You don't want, you don't want vagina names? No. no. That's creepy. <laughs> it's just one of those funny things that can you we just can use we just I mean, Martha just called, gave me shit for saying JJ, and now you want to give my vagina a different name? Like... <laughs> <laughs> but Nicole, yours is yours is cute. My vagina. <laughs> Your vagina name um, is cute. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't look in the stall. While you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> while you had the mirror out. <laughs> yours is yeah. cute. Too. Theirs is very very cute. Ours is a little bit risque. Okay, so what's mine? Um, yours would be. <laughs> A golden snatch. Oh, golden snatch. So that's okay. not too bad. All right. What about you? Your name is golden. What's yours? Uh, Venus hole. <laughs> okay. So How apparently, I Nicole's cute. And mine I has know. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> black hole. <laughs> you better watch yourselves. Mine will take a bite <laughs> out of crab. <laughs> um, let's see. Nicole's is candy snatch. That's weird. So what's Jessica's? And Jessica's is... I swear to God, if you say fire crotch, I'll kill you. No. No. It's, yours is cutie pie. Okay. So that's that not kind even. That kind of fits, though. That's not even. Yeah. I mean. You guys. This sounds so like bad. Cute cutie pie I mean I that's don't even know how for we, like regular people not and who even brought up parts. the subject about plastic surgery on your hoo-hoo yes, you ever talked about vaginas to begin with I was yeah yeah that was you well, it started out with fake titties so <laughs> well that's true <laughs> All right, everybody put your titties back in. And I think that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.